Uh, well, I haven't got any update, Alex, about about his condition. Uh, we were just told that it was that it was critical. The fact that he's been transferred from Northern to Perth um, indicates that nothing is is better. Um, and it was the indication, you know, last night was that uh, if you know things you know did get bad, that he probably would be transferred, you know, to Perth. So we, you know, like we hope like hell that he's that he's going to be okay. Uh, but if he is okay, uh, it's certainly not because of what happened to him, you know, inside Yonga Hill. And that's what has uh, so very much distressed the people who are in Yonga Hill. It's the reason that we have seen, you know, the sort of the fires in, uh, you know, Falcon Compound that we've seen overnight. People were disgusted. They were angry. They were anguished uh, that, um, you know, this man who had uh, what, attempted suicide four times really in the last you know, seven or eight seven or eight days, uh, they could hear him when he was brought back from uh, the hospital having attempted suicide uh, yesterday morning. They could hear him calling for help from his uh, from his uh, room. Uh, he got no help uh, and was found, you know, sort of hanging at 5:30, you know, yesterday afternoon. So if he is alive, it's no thanks to Serco uh, and the you know border force. It's no thanks to mandatory detention. Now, the question answers itself, really, but this uh, medical neglect is consistent uh, across the immigration detention system. I, I spoke to Professor Louise Newman, a developmental child psychologist last week, about the horrific neglect of uh, children on uh, Nauru. Is this sort of a similar story, fits into that, that long-standing pattern of, of medical neglect by the immigration authorities? Um, yeah, there's. I mean, there's no you know, doubt about that. As much as you know, offshore detention has uh, received a lot of uh, attention over the over the last period, and will over the next period because of the Pacific Island Forum and the kids that are actually being sent. Not just not just kids. There are two uh, you know, women who are coming off uh, you know Nauru today. The series of court cases, but. The horrific circumstances are just as much a reality, you know, in the, in the onshore, you know, detention facilities and um, the medical neglect. I mean, people transferred from Christmas Island to Yonga Hill were simply like amazed and horrified that there were no medical facilities in, you know, Yonga Hill, you know, on the yeah, you know, on the weekend, and uh, as I said, they just they saw the guy, and what the one of the people said to me is just like he was a piece of rubbish. You know, he had he had appealed for help, he had attempted suicide. Instead of getting assistance, he got more detention. He was, you know, he was ignored. He was his his pleas, you know, were were dismissed. Even when he's brought back from hospital, it's not like there was <clears throat> some kind of secure place where there are caring people. That there was a facility inside the detention center that could, you know, that could help him. He was, you know, dumped in his room, and the the inevitable happened in that <clears throat> in that respect and and it's a similar story you know everywhere it's uh, there was a very close call at you know at Villawood uh, where a guy it seems like had a heart attack he's in the intensive care unit in hospital in western in western Sydney it's a sheer fluke that you know that he's you know we don't know his condition either but he could have just very easily been you know been uh, been another casualty of you know of, of mandatory detention and I think that's what needs to be addressed not what needs to be addressed and it's not just a question of the medical facilities there sim- simply is no reason for younger hill or Villawood or Christmas Island um, and uh, you know I'm hopeful you know uh, as I always am that perhaps this time perhaps this time there'll be you know greater cries to actually end uh, the obscenity of you know of mandatory detention there's no justification for Yonga Hill. Focusing on the protests that broke out in the detention centre last night, it seems to me there's something perverse about the way these protests are cast by sections of the mainstream media 
as further grist to the mill for, for demonising these people. Look at these uh, animals, they're setting fire to their uh, cells, they're causing riots and so on. And it seems to me there's a very narrow way that these protests uh, are covered by certainly large sections of the, of the mainstream media. And the whole context for why these protests happen is, is completely forgotten. So, I mean, speak to the actual protests and how, in my opinion, they're, they're 100% justified, whether they're fires or not, quite frankly. Um, look, I, I think we have to understand um, as simply the, the raw expression of what politically we say when detention shouldn't exist. I mean, that's what people feel inside you know, the detention centres. They understand you know, through this guy's eyes, it could have been any, any, any one of them could be uh, treated in exactly the same way. They are treated in, so, in exactly the same way. We've got people inside there that have four or five years, even eight years, uh, that experience the brutality, the straight out racism, the contempt, the dismissive that comes from the guards but goes along with the, with the whole system of you know of mandatory detention that we've you know that we've got uh, you know in Australia and um, you know I'm I'm quite sure that the you know section of the mainstream media are going to you know play that out you know the property damage the uh, whatever the tens of millions you know that have, that's gone up in smoke in in Yonga Hill but they won't ask about the billions of dollars uh, that that is used day in and day out to destroy the lives of a handful of people in detention offshore in detention you know on and the, you know the the waste is not the, uh, the you know the fact that some rooms on in uh, Falcon compound have been you know have been burned. The waste is the detention centre, you know it, uh, the detention centre itself, and the money that's expended you know on that. It costs a massive amount of money, and uh, you know to have you know someone like Morrison, who's got a background as immigration minister, now as a you know now as a prime minister, um, and to talk about you know corporate tax cuts and all the rest of it. There are billions of dollars that are sitting there that could fund education, that could fund health that could fund you know, the, the legal requirements for people who need to make, you know, need to make asylum, asylum claims. So I think we do need to see you know, the, the, you know, the context of what happens. There is a history of fires inside the, the detention system in Australia. It goes along with the, the brutalisation and the brutal reality of, of what the detention regime actually means for the people who are, in, you know, are, inside, who are, the, who are the, its victims.